0: Listening to From the Friars Podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. Welcome. How many of you are here for this memorial mass today for Donato Santos? How many of you are here? Yeah. Welcome, welcome. The Holy Mass is such a powerful prayer. So the best thing we can do, better than flowers, better than you know, to, to pray for a soul. So welcome. Um, we are having some technical difficulties with the microphone, so some of you who are far away may have trouble hearing me. Um, that the mics aren't working, and as the day going on, I'm starting to lose my voice. So if you can't hear me, just please come closer. Okay, I don't bite, uh, except for when I'm hungry. Okay. Um, Boy, do we have an interesting passage today in the readings from Mass. Um, There's a little chapel on a hill near Nazareth that commemorates this experience of the local people having a desire to throw Jesus off the cliff. They were so offended. They were so angry. They were so um, provoked by what Jesus said. And I remember as a young man the first time really looking at this passage and asking the question, well, what did Jesus say that made them so angry? Um, have you ever you've heard somebody use the phrase, so-and-so stepped on a raw nerve? You know, or like maybe you feel like you stepped on a landmine, you got your leg blown off. You know, like people um, have a little situation that they feel very hurt and then they're very sensitive and uh, easily offended. So it seems like Jesus, uh, well, we would say Jesus went there. He went there. He said something, something that they really needed to hear, but something that was very hard for them to hear. And uh, maybe sometimes that happens to us as well. Um, One of my favorite descriptions of the faith, uh, I'm not exactly sure who said it originally, but it it goes like this, that our faith, uh, the gospel, the message of Jesus, it comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. (laughs) It does both. It does both. And so uh, just a mini background on what's happening here. The um, Jewish people had a sense that they were God's favorite. They were chosen. They're the chosen people and that God loved them more than he loved anyone else. They were God's favorites. They were his special beloved people. And um, you'll see that idea in multiple places in the Bible. There's this idea, the chosen people, right? And that they're beloved by God in a way peculiar and particular that no other people are loved God by God like that, okay? And so they had this idea, God loves us and he doesn't love anyone else. And we're his favorite and we're the chosen ones, we have the covenant, we live in the promised land and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, you know, there's an element by which I think we would agree it is true that there was, um, there was a grace that God gave to these people that was very unique and very special. But here's the thing, God loves everybody, <laughs> okay? And um, his plan was to establish the relationship with the, pe- the Jewish people so that the Messiah would come and the Messiah would be the savior for everyone and the Jewish people were supposed to be like the elder brother, and all the other people were the younger brothers. And the elder brother was supposed to be a blessing to the whole family, and to be an instrument by which God would reach out and gather in the whole world. Well, they kind of forgot that part, and they had the idea that God loves us; he he doesn't love anyone else, and we're special and we're chosen. And um, they developed an attitude of looking down on others. Uh, To this day, you can meet people like that. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so Jesus comes, and particularly in the Gospel of St. Luke, there is a theme, St. Luke highlights of the universal scope of salvation, that Jesus came to save everybody, and that um, even for the non-Jewish, what they would call the goyim, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, that the church of Jesus would actually be Catholic. Catholic meaning open to everybody. Everybody? Yes, everybody. And uh, that theme plays out in multiple places in the Gospel of St. Luke. Today's Gospel is one of those places. Now, here's where it gets important. Um, we as Catholics believe that we have the one true faith. We believe that our catholic faith is it's the one church the one holy catholic apostolic church that jesus himself founded the church is the presence of the kingdom in time here and uh, we on sundays and solemnities we have the creed that we pray and there's some really very beautiful and profound things that we believe about the catholic church the body of christ the um the family of god And yet there is a danger that we can become like the Jewish people some of the Jewish people were at the time of Christ that we can start to develop an attitude where we think well we're God's favorites and we have the whole truth and nothing but the truth in our faith and other people have uh, errors and we can start looking down on them and and judging them and okay so I think we're all aware of that and um, so a couple of little stories I um, went to undergrad at a really great school franciscan university of Steubenville, and i got to study there under some really great professors Um, somebody who i call my rabbi is this presbyterian minister who converted to catholicism scott hahn who's just such a gifted teacher and a wonderful guy and he became a good friend of mine and a mentor to this day he and his wife are good friends of mine and and I just so enjoyed his classes, and I love theology, and I love scripture, and I love God, and, okay, no surprise, all right, I'm a priest, um, and I graduated. I graduated from Franciscan University. I did really well. I got good grades. I got a lot of compliments from my teachers, and I, um, I was hot stuff. So I joined these friars in the South Bronx. I feel God calling me to become a Franciscan friar, so there I am and um you know i was aware people would meet oh where, where'd you go to school oh i went to franciscan university student level. oh how special you know that's a great school truly catholic and etc cetera, etc cetera. um did you ever meet scott hunt well not only did i meet him i studied under him and now i'm friends with him whoa you know and so without realizing it you start to grow peacock feathers <laughs> You know, the peacock has the big beautiful feathers, and you like to walk around, like, look at me, look at me. Okay. And so there I am, and boy, I know the Bible, I know my theology, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I know a lot about God and, and all that stuff. So then the Lord is trying to invite me to, to humility. And uh, that happens pretty much every day. <laughs> There's a prayer called the litany of humility. If you ever go to confession to me you may get it as a penance and uh, I always have to apologize I'm so sorry for giving you this as a penance like this litany of humility Father Benedict Rochelle, one of our priests used to say it's the one prayer God will always answer <laughs> if you pray for more humility God will always answer that prayer so be careful what you ask for so there I am in Harlem you know I'm, I'm a fresh, a little bit of a no you know and um, the Lord started sending people my way to humble me. And uh, one of them, which was a blind African American woman who called herself a pastor. And um, went to the seminary. She was kind of like a shepherd without any sheep. She's some mental illness and also maybe some addiction issues in her past. And um, big personality. Her name is Pastor Agnes. And I come to learn that I was one of her sheep. She would come to our friary, and she would ask for me. And uh, all kinds of really funny stories I could tell you about her. She looked a little bit like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and uh, she would stand on the street corners in New York City and just screaming, somebody help me, somebody help me. You know, And you see a woman screaming for help. You know, Some guy comes over, are you OK? How can I help you? And she would grab his arm, take me to this address, 523 West 142nd Street. And then these random people would guide her around you know and she just had such a trust in the Lord um, the doorbell would ring and you know you'd open it and the, the guy would see you know the big beard is monk or whatever and he'd be backing away like uh, I don't know what this is uh, this lady wanted to come here and then we would sit on the stoop which is what you do in New York City and she would ask questions about God and about prayer and um, she wanted to write letters to the seven churches. You know, in the book of Revelation, there's the seven churches. She's like, can you get me the address? I need to send them new letters. And it just so happens that almost all those places, there's no church there anymore. They're Muslim lands now. Um, And uh, I remember a number of times trying to teach her the Lord's Prayer, trying to teach her the Our Father, and she couldn't get it. Just to give you an idea of this lady, it was too complicated for her we tried to do our father who art in heaven and she just and she was just like i don't i can't quite follow that maybe it's because of her mental illness or something and then she would say can we just sit here and tell jesus how much we love him and here i know this lady you know everything that she's been through she's not studied theology or the bible she's blind She's not friends with Scott Hahn, or she doesn't have a degree from a prestigious Catholic university. And I was faced with the fact that she loved Jesus more than me, that she was living by the gospel better than me, that she was completely and totally, um, completely and totally infused with the gospel. So many moments she would say things and it was like something that a person who has a doctorate would say. And yet it was the Holy Spirit in her. And uh, being with her was very humbling. You think all this stuff I've done and all this, you know, studying and how I just, you know, the theology. And then here comes along somebody who really just loves God so much and loves neighbor so much. And is just really um, on point and filled with the Holy Spirit. And And I think there's something of that happening in this gospel. Where Jesus says something is so offensive to them, it's the beginning of what will be his crucifixion. They're gonna be so offended by him that they're gonna kill him eventually. And um, and yet he he offered himself freely. So, brothers and sisters, to conclude, I think the Lord is calling us to imitate him. You know, not to get too prideful or inflated or to think that we're the ones who have all the answers and Everyone else is, you know, we can look down upon them. As one of our friars loves to say, I stand upon the mountain of objective truth looking down on the rest of humanity. (laughs) But to be humble. What did Jesus say? If you want to be first, be last. If you want to go up, go down on your knees in humility. And um, Our Lady in Her Magnificat said that God will cast down the proud and lift up the lowly. To be humble, to be lowly, to be little, To be humble to be uh, open to the Lord's love and uh, yes we are greatly loved by God yes our faith is amazing we are so blessed so many ways we are blessed but all of those blessings should lead us to be more grateful and less proud amen